Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. We're all running on fumes on day five of our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Road coverage here in Las Vegas. Brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds and Synergenics. But we've got Evan Smith coming up a little bit later. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Wait. If that doesn't give you energy to carry on, nothing will. Can't wait to talk to Emmett uh, about a variety of things regarding the Dallas Cowboys. He's always got a great opinion on that. And, um, and yeah, it's just it's the highlight for me of Radio Row, to be honest with you. And there's a lot to be proud of of, of what we've done here at Radio Row. Well, and, and, and you look at it, I mean. Yeah. We're kids in a candy store, right? Yeah. We're, we're all sports fans. Yeah. There are certain people that we're fortunate enough to get to talk to. And when, you know, you take somebody my age, and, <coughs> excuse me, the the idea of Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, uh-huh. Troy Aikman, you, you know what I mean? The, the, the heyday, the heroes, you know, like, like I'm not old enough. To remember when Roger Staubach was the guy, I know the legend, and I, man, I get nervous as hell if when I'm around Roger. But those were those those are my guys. Those were my Cowboys. What What are you saying that Roger Staubach was my time? Is that yes? Is that what that's you're exactly to say? what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, it like sounded my, like my, that's my what dad. you're saying. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it does. I, mean, I I remember very well the Cowboys teams of the '90s. Um, well, of course you do. Well, sure. I mean, you know, they. Do you uh, remember very well the Cowboys teams of the '70s. I was four. Nah, not really. I, I really don't honestly remember those as much. To be totally honest with you, uh, more of an '80s guy and then into the '90s. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, you know the heyday. Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin. Um, well, yeah, what happened to that? That that Cowboys mystique, that Cowboys domination. Well, I mean, the mystique is there. The domination is not. Yet they dominate the headlines, just like Jerry Jones did last night. It's NFL honors. It's it's the the big award show. You got Cowboys up for MVP, a defensive player of the year, an offensive player of the year. And you know they're not winning anything because the Cowboys don't get hardware. So what does Jerry Jones do? He announces, sort of, unofficially, leaks it out, Mike Zimmer is going to be the defensive coordinator so he can dominate the news cycle and steal headlines away from the NFL Honor Show. Which is what Jerry does. He's very good at it, and, and I don't blame him. I mean, why not? Um, when it comes to publicity, Jerry Jones is the master of publicity, good or bad, and uh, and he, he had an opportunity and he threw it out there. Now, you had a chance to talk to uh, a good friend of yours about Mike Zimmer. Yeah, well, he, former co-host Dat Wynn. Yeah. Long time, you know, Dallas Cowboy, Texas Aggie, everybody knows who Dat Wynn is. Dat Wynn is very close with Mike Zimmer. 
And, you know, my, I just, what do you think, right? Dat obviously is excited. It's his friend. But from a football standpoint, he said they will play less man than Dan Quinn did. But he will have them play their butts off because that is a hard-nosed football coach in Mike Zimmer who did have really good defenses when he was in Minnesota. Uh, you think about what Andrew Sandejo uh, said earlier in the week uh, when he was on with us on Radio Row. You know, some of the other uh, Viking teammates that Andrew have that's been in the news about, you know, Mike Zimmer's out there. But he says, well, you played for him. What do you think? Because he has been out of the game, sort of. For a couple of years, he went with Deion Sanders to Jackson State. Part of that, you know, he has a contract, but yo, Deion played for Mike. Yeah, you, you know, when you think about the kind of coach Deion is, holding players accountable, a little bit old school. I think that's what the Cowboys are going to get with Mike Zimmer, and I think that's what they need. Is, is that old-school approach to it. That's exactly what they need, especially when you're talking about a guy um, by the name of Micah Parsons. And I just wonder how things will change and what Mike Zimmer will be allowed to do and what he'll be able to control. That's going to be fascinating uh, to look and see. So, outstanding. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and look, we'll talk a lot about the unofficial announcement. And then when the official announcement is there, we'll get more in on what's going on with the Cowboys and Mike Zimmer getting and becoming the new defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. And as we're here on Radio Row, you know, this is how it works. I mean, you know, you get guests all the time jumping in like Dean Blandino, and we didn't get a penalty for for all this. Uh, he's Joe, I'm oh. Jason. I'm, and this is mine, right? I can take this? <laughs> you cannot <laughs> take that. that there, there's tequila on the table that was left by one Emmett Smith. Oh, nice. And, yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's the, the – I mean, we love talking I didn't to bring Emmett. any gifts. I'm sorry. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I don't know what's going known, on. Uh, is that a penalty? That was the protocol. Is that yes. a foul? That's a foul on me. <laughs> that, 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 that's yeah. a foul. Uh, Dean, I mean, everybody you're, – you're the rules guy, right? Um so many rules in question of do they need to take this out, do they not? Now, there was a, a, a game earlier, and we were debating it uh, quite a bit on our show, the fumble out of bounds that becomes a, yeah, a, a yeah, yeah. That's too much of a penalty, isn't it? Will that rule change? I don't know if it'll change. I like the rule personally. I do, too. I, like, I think the end zone's different. I think when you're talking about a game that is predicated on gaining yardage and the closer you get to the goal line, look, if you get that ball in your opponent's end zone, that's a touchdown. If the ball's dead, if a loose ball dead in your opponent's end zone, whether it's a punt, a kickoff, a fumble, that's a touchback. I like the rule. I think it's simple. I think it, it underscores how important ball security is, especially at the goal line. And uh, I get it. I understand the argument that it's too punitive, 100%. When a guy's trying to make a play and he just happens to lose control and it happens to touch the pylon, when if it went out of bounds three inches this way, they keep it. I just I like the rule where it is. The end zone's different to me. Dane, how about hang on to the football? All right? Yeah. I mean, just well, hang on to the football. And that's what they coach. And, right, I mean, exactly. And that's what they coach. They say, hey, at the goal line, let's keep, let's live, you know, let's not on first and goal. Let's not turn it over. Yeah. You know, we're going to have second and goal, so... I like I like it where it is. I, I get all that. I just if the defense doesn't recover it, yeah, they, and that's it, always, it, it's like if it goes out of that. bounds at the four, yeah, you know it's out of bounds. Now I think there could be some sort of penalty, like all right, you fumble the ball out of bounds, 
we're going to put you back, back on, yeah. on the 20-something yeah. along those lines. Of, of all the things, and you've been involved in, in spring leagues, and in San Antonio we've had a team in the Alliance and, and the XFL, yeah. and we're going to be in the UFL, and some of the rules differences that they use in the spring league, how many of those do you like that you think could make their way into the NFL. I, I really, I like a lot of the rules. You know, I was involved with the XFL last year and, and in 2020 when we, we had really a blank slate and we could just kind of say, okay, what do we want to do here? What do we want to do with the kickoff? What do we, to promote more returns and keep the game, you know, keep it in the game, but keep it safe. And so I like a lot of those. I like the transparency that we did in the spring leagues where you can see the, the replay process and listen to what is being said. Because I think right now with the NFL, there's too much. It's just, they make a decision and you're wondering, well, how did they get to that decision? If, if At least if people could hear it, they might not always agree with it, but they'd have a better understanding. So I think the spring leagues, it's a great platform for us to test different rules. We've got a good collaboration with the NFL. And I think the NFL is looking at some of the things that were done in the spring leagues and, and uh, we'll continue to do that. Why, do you think that the NFL, though, is, uh, you say they're looking at it, are they interested in changing the game in that way, do you think? I think they're going to be, uh, with the kickoff, they're going to be, they're going to have to do something because right now the kickoff, the the returns, I mean, it was a historical low, right? It was about 22%, I think, during the regular season, which which never been below 36%. So you're, you're, you're basically eight out, of, eight out of every 10 kickoffs is a touchback. And so think about Sunday. The whole place is going to be going crazy. Everybody's standing up and then 80 percent chance that we're just kicking it into the yeah. end zone. Everybody sits back down, and we do. You know, so so is this going to be a ceremonial play, or do we want this to be a real play in the game with real you know returns and 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 all? And you think about the onside kick; it's become much harder to recover an onside kick, which is that's an important play in the game because that you know if you can't recover an onside kick, you're down two scores with three minutes to go. You're done. You 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 can't come back. So. It's, I think that the league is going to have to look at those things. Do you like the idea of on, on the onside where it's a what, fourth and 12? A fourth down and, play, and, yeah. And, and I do. I, I like it, it as way. an option. You know, I think we're going to do it in the United Football League. with It'll be a fourth and 12 from the 28. You can still go onside if you want, but in the fourth quarter, if the score's tied or you're behind, you can go with that fourth and 12. And who? It's an exciting play. You know, who wouldn't want to see, you know, Patrick Mahomes with, you know, a one, you got to have it play with 30 seconds to go it, it's it's a lot of fun and uh and that's the benefit that we you know we can make those changes in the spring leagues dean when you look at uh, and i'll just take this year as an example it seems like the scrutiny of the officials is more and more and more now i know social media probably has a lot to do with it but is there a problem with the officiating or is it the same as it always has been you know i think the the scrutiny is greater than it's ever been and it's only going to increase you think about like you said social media and now with with legalized sports betting and everything that goes into these games there's a responsibility on the league's part to make sure that the games are officiated you know you don't have major mistakes you don't have what happened in the nfc championship game in 2018 um I don't think the officiating is significantly worse. I do think we're at a tipping point, whereas how much technology do we want to use in the game? Because I have seen more instances, especially this year, where officials are deferring to the, the person upstairs and they're not making a decision. It's a close play and they're kind of indecisive. And I think that that that's not good for officiating. Like, make the call, officiate what you see. And then replay can come in and correct it if needed. And I think we've got to find that balance where they officiate the game, they make calls, and then let's correct the obvious mistakes that are going to have a big impact on the outcome of the game. Dean Blandino.
Bandino joining us here on uh, the Blitz, and, and that kind of goes back to Spring League, the, the Sky Judge, yeah, uh, who is another official out there. And generally, it's not like, all right, there was a holding call way over here, let's call that. But it was more of an assist, just another set of eyes yeah. that is – does that need to be implemented more at the NFL level? I think you could. You know, again, you I always worry about I don't think anybody wants to see the game just every play reofficiated from the booth. It, it would just it would take too long. One of the things we did in the XFL last year, we gave the, the coach one challenge in the game and they could challenge anything. But we limited it. And it was that was that was strategic because you're saying you use this in the first quarter. You know, there's three and a half quarters left. You've used up your one, your one like get out of jail free card. So you got to save it for a critical moment. And and a lot of the coaches did, and it and we were able to correct some some mistakes that would have that had a negative impact on the outcome of the game. You know, I find it fascinating because we've talked to a lot of players here, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, and you know the defensive guys say that I'm getting held every day, yeah. every play. The offensive linemen say, well, we're not. So uh, you watch a game though, there is typically it seems like. You could call holding on every play. Yeah. How, how does the official... And I think that's... And, and you hear that a lot. There's certainly grabbing on every play, right? Offensive linemen. Like, you start... You go back and watch, like, blocking blocking videos from the 1950s, and they were like, that's not how we block, right? Everything's outside the frame. There's a lot of grabbing, but that's not just holding. Then the official has to look at the body position of the offensive lineman. Are they keeping good feet, right? Are they staying in front of the defender? Am I staying square to you? Now, if you beat my feet and you get outside of me and now I don't let go, that's when it becomes holding. Was it at the point of attack? Did it have an impact on the outcome of the play? So while there's grabbing on every play, it doesn't always raise the level of holding because you have to consider those other factors. So when you hear Micah Parsons whine, do you say, dude, that was grabbing, not (laughs) holding? It's fascinating with Micah Parsons because you think about a guy who's that good, whatever it was this year, right? He had 11 straight games or whatever without trying a holding penalty. I just think those things, it's it's not intentional. I think those things, it's different crews coming in and it's an anomaly, right? And then like the the playoff game against the Packers, he draws two in the first quarter, so it's... With, with, With that, though, Referees are human. I know they're going to go sure. out there and be impartial. But when you hear a guy, as often as my, and we're a Cowboys affiliate station, right? Yeah. But the whining's got to stop. Do, do, do referees kind of hold that? It's got to be egregious, man, if you're going to well, get a flag. There's always there's that human element. And I always talked, my, my role at the league office when I was in charge of fishing was dealing with coaches all the time. And, and I used to tell coaches all the time, think about in any other aspect of, of your life, If you are whining and complaining to somebody constantly, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to want to give you the time of day? They're going to tune you out. So it's just about dealing with people. And look, but there's emotion involved. So you get that part of it. But it's about communicating with people, and you've got to do it. And I get when Micah Parsons is frustrated. The officials are supposed to tune that out. They're going to call the game the way they see it. But it's hard, as especially on the sideline, when you're an official and you've got a coach in your ear the entire game. You're like, you know what? I don't want to listen to you anymore. That's just that's human nature. Why, why are some officiating crews better than others? You know, I think it's just, look, the goal, the challenge, the hardest thing about officiating is getting all of your officials. You have seven officials on each crew then getting all those officials on the same page. Then you have 17 different crews, getting all 17 crews to look at the game the same way. A lot of it has to do with the referee, the white hat. You know, that the, the leadership comes from that person. And if they run their crew the right way and they communicate and they're consistent in their messaging, also the, the leadership from the league office has to be consistent. 
but then it's just like anything else. Why are you know why are these two teams playing in the Super Bowl and thirty other teams are at home? You you have different skill levels. You know you want all your officials to be the same level and everybody to officiate the game the same way. But it's it's just it's not a perfect world. Dean Blandino joining us here on the Blitz. A couple of things that we hear a lot, and and I'm curious the level of how much this happens. Coaches send in plays after every game yeah. that they want reviewed. The the referees get graded every play or every game, yeah. right? How br- brutal is that grading process, especially <laughs> when you get the tapes from the coaches where they want explanation? It's fascinating to see like these officials, and we've tried to go away from it because it, it does create that environment that's more stressful. The grades would typically come out on a Wednesday, right? They're, they're like on pins and needles waiting. It's like getting your report card. And because they're, and that's where the accountability comes in. I don't think everyone doesn't doesn't understand. They are held accountable because those how they're evaluated is going to dictate whether they get a postseason assignment. And there's obviously you're going to get a postseason bonus if you qualify for the for the playoffs. If you don't qualify and you're in the bottom tier, you may you may get let go at the end of the year. So it is really stressful for these officials, and we've created this environment because you know. They're they're held accountable on a lot of different levels, and it, it's a it's a really hard job. Should officials in the NFL be full time? You know, I think there's an opportunity for the officials to do more, especially in the in the in the off season. You look at look NBA referees, NHL, Major League Baseball umpires. They work the games they're assigned to. There's just more games during the week, right? It's not like on a Tuesday that that crew, it's an off day. They're not working, a, 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 you know, a Mavericks practice. They're, they're just not. They're, they're studying. They're doing what NFL officials do, but football's different. You play once a week, so the way it's evolved is I'm not going to. I can have another job, right? But I think the way officiating has evolved at the higher levels, when I started in the late 90s, they had a full-time job. They officiated on the side. Now the compensation's at a point where they officiate first, and they might have a gig on the side, and they spend a lot of time during the week, Zoom calls, looking at film, looking at their last game, looking at their next game. I think there's an opportunity in the offseason, and whatever you want to call them, whether you call them full-time or not, I think that I think you got to put the resources behind it to give them an opportunity to continue to improve. Is it becoming more? more difficult with the scrutiny out there to find good yes. referees young officials we we have a hard time at the at the lower levels because these younger folks get involved and then they have a bad experience um, and they don't want to do it anymore and then and that's a trickle down we always talk to our announcers we talk about how they talk about officiating that you can disagree with something but just be mindful of even you know being disrespectful because then that trickles down because you'll be at a youth game and you have parents adults who are who are yelling at these, these officials who are kids, they're teenagers, and then they don't want to do it anymore, and then you lose good people at the lower levels, and then that has a trickle-up effect where you don't get good quality people moving up the ladder. Because, you know, people don't forget things. Like, Des caught no, it, right? Yeah, Des you know what? It. I'll make you guys a deal. If you give me Emmett's tequila, I'll go on the radio and say that Des caught it. But that's just... <laughs> yeah, Des caught it. Des caught it. Cowboys would have won a Super Bowl that year. Yeah, you it's know what? not worth the tequila, It's though. not. Aaron Rodgers still would have had four minutes and the ball. Then you got to go to Seattle. Then you got to beat New England in the postseason yeah, in the, but, in the you Super know, Bowl. But yeah. it was, that was yeah, it. That cost the Super Bowl. That's it. Yeah, right. That's it. Right. Des caught Cowboy no, fans. Kidding, Cowboy man. fans. Dean Blandino, man. Great catching up with you here yeah, in Las too, Vegas guys. on Radio Row. More coming up here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star.